Jean Applequist loved having sex on boats, but had never managed it on this particular vessel, even though she'd been aboard several times. The moment seemed perfect. She and Peter Brennan lay entwined on a white canvas deck chaise while the walrus cruised in slow circles beneath the Golden Gate Bridge. But Peter was resisting, in spite of the gaudy sunset above them and her fervent efforts to persuade him. Let's go find an empty stateroom, she murmured, licking his ear. There's no time. They'll be cutting the cake soon. We'll make it quick. Don't be such a coward. She kissed him hard and slipped her hands inside his jacket and her knee between his legs. Stop it, Jean, he groaned. He pushed her away and sat up. I swear, you pick the most inappropriate moments sometimes. Jean gave up and lay back. It's your own fault. Have I told you how great you look in a tuxedo? Peter smiled. Several times. I'll have to start wearing one to work. He sat at the foot of the chaise out of her reach, smoothing his dark hair and adjusting his clothes. Jean loved the way his big hazel eyes and deep dimples softened his rugged features. She pulled a mirror from her bag to check the damage and raked fingers through her straight silver hair, short as a boy's on one side and falling just below her chin on the other. She smiled at her reflection. She wasn't a beauty like the bride, but the asymmetrical cut flattered her strong features, and the color set off her cobalt eyes. Although her hair had gone gray a decade ago, the rest of her looked her age, a youthful thirty-two. Peter stood and reached out a hand. Come on, let's go be sociable. I owe you one, okay? Jean led the way along the deck as the sunset faded and dark clouds moved in. She paused at the big window that looked into the salon. Inside, two dozen guests circled and chatted, the lights reflecting on the polished teak surfaces of the elegant room. A huge arrangement of yellow and white flowers adorned a table, surrounded by champagne flutes and platters of hors d'oeuvres. Just out of sight, a jazz trio played Gershwin. Jean spotted the newlyweds near the buffet table, surrounded by well-wishers. Martin, in black tie and a boutonniere of yellow rosebuds, handed his bride a glass of champagne. Although Jean had never understood Martin's appeal, it was obvious why he wanted Diane. She was warm and vivacious, a true beauty, and tonight she looked especially lovely. Her pale yellow dress showed off her slender shape and smooth tan skin. Yellow roses adorned her long chestnut hair. Now that's a happy couple, Peter said. Jean snorted. As far as he's concerned, Diane's just another piece of his estate. He once told her the walrus was his second favorite possession. I'm sure he was kidding. He cocked his head. You aren't going to make a scene, are you? Of course not. I'll put on a happy face for Diane. She gave him a big, false grin. In the salon, Jean observed how Diane looked up at Martin, her smile incandescent, her green eyes glittering. She recalled the ceremony on the bow of the ship, the way Diane's face had glowed with contentment, the heartfelt, I do's, the impassioned kiss. 
Jean grudgingly allowed that Martin probably did love her in his own selfish way. Diane was one of her closest friends, so she'd just have to accept the inevitable as gracefully as she could. Jean resolved to try her damnedest to get along with Martin. That meant no more goading him into losing his temper, no more snide remarks, no more wicked jokes at his expense. It wouldn't be easy. Self-control wasn't her strong suit. The early spring breeze sharpened. The air grew cooler, and Jean felt a smattering of raindrops. Peter held the salon door for her. Let's get out of the rain, he said. The room smelled of roses and good food. Jean eyed the buffet, her stomach growling. There were definitely advantages to hanging out with rich people.